Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Sex is the life force energy that runs through us all. The link between sex, creativity, and the sense of aliveness is strong. Can you use sexual energy for your spiritual evolution or perhaps for emotional healing? Is it even possible? Clinical sexologist Dr. Martha Tara Lee will explore all these and more on the Eros Evolution Show here on Ohm Times Radio and TV. Hello, hello, and welcome to Eros Evolution. This is where we talk about sex, spirituality, and everything in between. Uh, in today's episode, I have a very special guest, uh, Dr. Amanda Olson, and uh, we are actually going to delve into pelvic health solutions for uh, people with sensitive uh, health uh, issues. So uh, there are many kinds of pelvic health issues that people have. So how can we manage this conservatively? Pelvic Pelvic pain can coincide with bowel and bladder issues as well as difficulty tolerating medical examinations and sexual intercourse. Incontinence can also be associated with issues uh, ranging from low back pain to difficulty with intimacy. And we will discuss how to manage all these issues and why there is no need to feel shame with them. So uh, for me as a sexologist, of course, I know when you have um, challenges around uh, your pelvic floor to go to a pelvic floor specialist. So we have here um, Dr. Amanda Olson, who has earned her Bachelor of Arts degree in Pacific University and doctoral um, degree in physical therapy from Regis University. So she is um, holding a certificate in achievement in pelvic floor physical therapy from the American Physical Therapy Association and the pelvic floor practitioner certification uh, through the Herman and Wallace Pelvic Institute. She's also a certified Stoic um, Pilates instructor and a RRCA certified running coach. She's the president and chief clinical officer of Intimate Rose, where she develops pelvic floor products and education. And she's uh, passionate about empowering women and men uh, with pelvic health issues, including pelvic pain, incontinence, pregnancy, and postpartum issues. So you can find um, them on Intimate Rose Instagram, Twitter, and uh, website, IntimateRose.com. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's lovely to be here. Oh, thank you for saying yes. So, uh, so I'm not a pelvic floor um, specialist, a person, but I have a lot of respect for what you guys do. So maybe you can tell us more about like what exactly is the pelvic floor um, or for people who are unsure. I do get that um, sometimes and uh, more about what you do. 
Absolutely. So the pelvic floor is a group of muscles at the base of the pelvis. And essentially it runs from the front of your pelvis to where you sit out to the side and then back to your tailbone. And they perform very similar to a sling or a supportive cup where they support the organs that live in your pelvis and then also your back and your spine. Um, so they support the bowel and the bladder and in women it supports the, the uterus. Um, and these muscles have tendons and ligaments and nerves. So I think it's really helpful to frame it in that way that this is another part of the body, just like your shoulder, just like your hip, there are muscles and there are tendons and ligaments in there. Um, and when those muscles are too tight, sometimes they can provoke or cause pain um, that can make it difficult to have intercourse or to have a bowel movement or to urinate and then likewise if they are not strong enough then they often are not supporting the back well enough um, you may experience urinary incontinence or fecal incontinence and in some cases sexually it can be harder to appreciate or achieve um, some of the final stages of intercourse um, because they are not responding and contracting in time so the good news is, is because they are muscles, just like everywhere else, they can be retrained and they can be retaught how to contract and how to have good endurance and how to support those organs. Um, so it can feel really devastating to have those kinds of issues, but it's all fixable and it does take time, but um, it's worthwhile. Mm. And uh, so uh, a pelvic floor specialist would do uh, hands-on work with clients. Uh, I've heard of like biofeedback. So do you have all these equipment in your office? Yeah. So um, pelvic physical therapist usually will do a thorough evaluation of someone um, who's reporting issues with these. So when they come in, we would spend some time talking about their past medical history, and talking about what the current issues are. And then we would look at them as a holistic person. So we would look at their posture and we would look at how their spine is moving and their hips are moving because all of those structures are connected to and associated with the pelvic floor. And then we would do an evaluation to determine how the muscles are behaving and what might be the possible cause of the symptoms that they're having. And then from there, yes, the tools do include biofeedback, which is a really interesting device. There's different forms of it, but biofeedback usually involves using a sensor, which might go on the outside of the vaginal opening or may go inside. And it leads to an image on a computer screen where it shows the person what the muscles are doing, because it's a very tricky part of the body because you can't necessarily see it. And a lot of people um, are unaware that they're even there until that they're, until there's a problem. So um, it's the biofeedback helps to provide visual output as to whether the muscles are contracting. So for example, one of the visual images are of a rose and when the pelvic floor muscles are contracted, it's a rose bud and it's very small. And then if you're working on relaxing and opening the pelvic floor, the, the visual feedback is of the flower blooming. And when 
your muscles relax and drop, the flower will bloom for you. But if you contract again, it will go back to a bud. So biofeedback is just a way of learning um, how your body is behaving. Um, and then additional things that we do in pelvic physical therapy include manual therapy. So um, it's not a painful procedure. We are very, very gentle, um, but we identify and address any tender points or trigger points within those pelvic floor muscles, just the same as if you got a knot in your back and you pushed on it and it's tender. Sometimes it gives a throbbing sensation or you get a headache and it's kind of pushing up and over your head. That same thing can happen in the pelvic floor muscles because they are muscles like everywhere else. So if we identify them, we help do very gentle um, mobilization to help relieve that. And then we often give exercises and breathing um, exercises to help people learn how to monitor what their body is doing and to um, help engage or relax the pelvic floor muscles in a way that is moving towards their goals. Um, so those are the predominant tools that we utilize. Um, we might also utilize ultrasound imaging um, where we can take images of the pelvic floor and the bladder and, and the person can see it and see how those muscles are relaxing. We can cue them and teach them how to either contract or relax and let them go. Um, and then we're always giving them something to be working on and thinking about at home. And oftentimes Sometimes that can include devices such as the ones that I make at Intimate Rose. Yeah, so I, I guess, uh, so thank you for that. And um, I guess this is where uh, the name came from, right? You mentioned the rosebud. Yeah, interestingly enough, that imagery on the software is um, older than my company. My company's been around for about six years now. That came first. Um, the rose was really interesting. The first device that we made are vaginal waves to help strengthen the pelvic floor. And when we arrange them in a circle, they look like a flower. And so we we named the company Intimate Rose. Oh, it's so apt. It's so apt. Because uh, I've had the anus uh, described uh, many times um, as a rosebud as well. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I really, really love your company name. So it, it's it stuck with me and uh, I've been following uh, your work for quite some time. I think um, the first product, uh, if I'm not wrong, that you guys came up with was um, the vaginal dilators. The first product was the vaginal weights and then the dilators came after that. Right. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yes. So you have like a whole range of products. Maybe you can tell us more about them. Absolutely. So dilators are a cylinder shaped uh, device. Um, we create a set of eight of them. Um, and the smallest is the size of my pinky. And then they just gradually get longer and wider in diameter. And the goal of dilators is to help people learn how to coordinate their pelvic floor muscles and tolerate something in their vaginal walls for penetration. And that could be with a tampon, it could be with a speculum during a medical exam, or it could be with a partner during penetrative sex. And so for people that are experiencing pain or difficulty because of muscle spasms with the dilators, we're giving them a really comprehensive and holistic treatment plan that we're teaching them how to better control the muscles because it's not enough to just say relax. You know, they can't see them, they can't reach them, they can't touch them. And then the dilators are then 
providing a gentle stretch to that tissue to get people used to it without having pain. And then they just gradually go up in size until they reach their goal. And for some people, the goal is going to be the size of their partner if they're having difficulty. And for some people, it's going to be to tolerate their medical exam. So those goals can really vary widely based off of the individual and unique person. Yeah, I and I, I look at your um, products. Um, it says HSA uh, approved. So for those of us not familiar, HSA stands for? Um, it's a health account um, for insurance here in the United States. So um, they are an individual personal device and in, mm-hmm. insurance doesn't just readily cover it here in the United States. But for mm-hmm. some people that have um, different types of insurance accounts that allows them to purchase their health devices, they can use that and our device counts for that. Oh, I love it. It's so thoughtful. Uh, and also I'm noticing I mean, I just look at the photos, but pretty much I was um, quite certain that they were medical-grade silicon. And then I'm on your website and, um, yeah, it says medical-grade silicon. So, basically, you use medical-grade silicon uh, products only uh, from your Kegel weights to your dilators. Yes, you got it. Medical-grade silicone. It's BPA-free. It's really smooth and soft. So, it creates a more optimal experience for people. I love it. So we are going into the products that you're selling because that's what your website has. So um, how how can people uh, get access uh, in tandem with like working with a physio and um, getting getting like the, the right advice of like what to get for themselves? Absolutely. Um, So on the website, um, I have hundreds of different videos and blog articles to help um, people go in the right direction based off of their symptoms. And then we always help connect them with the physiotherapist in their area. So if you email our support team, which is support at intimaterose.com, we will look up other providers in your area based off of your zip code if you're here in the U.S. or other um, locations. So, you know, in Singapore, we'd be reaching out to other providers that could help because it's always really nice to have somebody guiding you one-on-one because questions come up but we are always here to support people too um we're very proud of our support that we provide people we also have a private group um, where people can be asking each other questions or just sharing their experiences it's a lovely group where people share their wins are they if they're having a rough day or something's not going well for them they just can support each other in that way. Um, And that one's on Facebook as well. So we offer um, just a wide and comprehensive means of helping people through their challenges. Wow, that's fantastic. I'm I'm so glad um, that we connected and I understand now more about your work because um, there's not enough uh, support out there for people going through what they are going through. It's really so embarrassing to have... um, uh, fecal uh, incontinence and also urinary incontinence. People get really embarrassed, and um, that definitely links back to um, <laughs> what I'm most interested in, which is sexuality. So, for people who are experiencing uh, uh, fecal and urinary incontinence, definitely they'll be so embarrassed. They wouldn't want to have intimacy. So, what are some of the advice that uh, you you would uh, sometimes uh, give them? 
Um, so first and foremost, we would want to determine the cause um, and um, we would want to work with them to reach their their goal of, you know, especially if it's during, um, you know, their intercourse with their partner, we would want to work with them on um, being able to better control and coordinate their pelvic floor muscles. Um, a lot of times with incontinence, it is because the muscles are just not um not strong enough, but sometimes it can be because they are too tight. So it would be based off of our findings there. Um, but a lot of it too comes down to communication with the partner. So we always have people, you know, try to empty their bladder, empty their bowel prior to engaging, but that kind of removes some of the spontaneity of being able to have sex sometimes too. So to the best of their ability, be able to empty their bowels or empty their bladder. Um, and if they're feeling ready for it, they can put a towel down just in case, or if they're not feeling ready for it, just be communicating with their partner that they're working on addressing some personal issues and that we are going to get them there. And when they're ready to go, then they can be ready to go back and explore that. Mm, I love it. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at your uh, your website and you're right, you know, you have so many videos about uh, uh, on your website, including uh, how to do pelvic floor squeezes. I think uh, even when I explain to my clients how to do pelvic floor squeezes, they still get really confused. They're not sure. And uh, so I see that you have a lot of videos on there. So that would be a very good reference for me to send clients to. And your products are really beautiful. The colors are beautiful. <laughs> I, I, I'm not paid to say all this, by the way. Um, this is not a sponsored uh, episode. But I, I really feel like people doing good work really need to be celebrated. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really wanted them to be pretty and cheerful and hopeful. You know, I didn't want them to look medical or destigmatized or or stigmatized or anything like that. So that is the best compliment. I want them to be pretty. Mm, yeah, they are pretty. And I, uh, when you first started, I didn't know that you have lubricants. So could you um, share with us a little bit about the lubricants? Because uh, as you know, like a lot of people are super like uh, unaware of the ingredients of lubricants and they are really worried whether it's going to hurt their body or harm their sexuality in some way. So could you speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. We have two different types that serve two different functions. We have a personal lubricant, which is what most people think about when they think of lubricant, and ours is water-based. Um, so here in the United States, we have what's called the FDA, which is the Federal Drug uh, Food and Drug Administration, and that governs things that go in the body and food and drug, of course. And we are compliant, and our lubricant is registered with the FDA, so it's passed all of the strenuous testing for purity that that goes through. Um, so we're very proud of our water-based lubricant. The thing about the medical grade silicone is people can use any lubricant they want as long as it's water-based or a natural oil like a coconut oil or almond oil or something like that. What they cannot use is a silicone-based lubricant with our silicone device. Um, those two don't get along well together. Um, so we created our own water-based lubricant to go with the products and we've gotten rave reviews. We're very proud of it. And then the other is a Volvar balm. So it's kind of like lip balm or chapstick or lotion. It's useful for dryness or irritation of the outer part of the vaginal opening. So um, just the same as some people get chapped lips when it's cold or when they're stressed or going through hormone changes, um, that area of the body can get irritated and red and 
also dry, um, especially right after having a baby or going through menopause, and it can be very distressing. So our balm is all organic. It's made of all natural ingredients that are healing, and it helps to just soothe the tissue and um, make it healthier and um, more pliable or flexible. Um, and we have gotten great reviews about that one too. Wonderful. Uh, this is the first time I'm, I'm, I'm learning about the feminine balm. Like I've, I've never heard of people using it externally only. This is the first time. Uh, definitely heard of vaginal moisturizer. So um, maybe that could be another product in development. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you guys. Uh, so what are, I mean, I mean, I'm jumping all over the place uh, because I just went straight into what you guys are doing and your products. Um, but uh, I, I really would, uh, am so like fascinated about your company because I, yeah, I really think you're doing good work. Uh, plus the fact that you're linking with uh, practitioners and you have all these resources. So it's not just a website uh, selling just products. There's a lot of care um, that you've just mentioned. Um, that has gone into supporting clients and connecting them uh, with the suitable practitioner. So, uh, so yeah, I'm I'm really um, a fan of your work. So that's why I'm I'm asking like um, maybe like what are some of the future plans of your company to like some of the other products or projects you have. Yes, we have a couple of really great new products coming out. Um, two of them should be out by the end of the year. Um, so um, we do have wands, which we haven't talked about quite yet. So a wand is a device that can be used for myofascial release or muscle release internally. We have three different types of wands. One is the original, and it's shaped like an S, and it's just used to help relieve tender points or pain in the pelvic floor. And then the turquoise one is vibrating, um, so it helps to provide blood flow and, and help to relax any tight muscles and um, our yellow one is a temperature therapy wand and we are going to launch a blue wand that could be used for men that are having pelvic pain too so men and women both can have these different types of issues that can interfere with their ability to be intimate um, so we are getting ready to launch a blue vibrating wand to help men who have pain in their body as well. And then in the next few months, we're going to be launching uh, rectal dilators or anal dilators um, that can be used for people that um, have had maybe colorectal cancer or have pain around um, the anal opening. Um, and they're going to be featuring bright, cheery colors and our really soft, smooth medical grade silicone. And they are going to be the two smallest dilators in that set are going to be smaller than even my pinky, smaller than the smallest vaginal dilator. So they could easily be used for women who are wanting to or needing to start vaginal training at a smaller size. Um, and then the larger sizes are going to feature a taper so that it can provide um, a little stretch to people that have maybe scar tissue or injury around the anus. Um, so that's going to be helpful for people that have constipation or that are having pain around that part of their body too. So um, there's been a huge need, especially within the cancer population for um, that kind of device. And we're very excited to be launching that at the end of the year. And then we're also working with a pharmacy team to create even more types of vaginal lubricants, as you just mentioned. Um, there's always a need for other types of vaginal moisturizers. And so we are getting ready to release some of those, hopefully by the end of this year, if not early next year. Mm. So I uh, just now we mentioned vaginal moisturizers, but just to um, close the loop on that, uh, maybe we can explain a little bit how vaginal moisturizers work. Uh, I think you can explain it better than me. 
Oh, sure. I'm sure you do a great job too. Um, so for, for women that are experiencing dryness, especially after childbirth and around menopause and also with stress, I think that one gets missed too. Um, when we have a baby or are going through menopause or experience stress, our estrogen levels are very low. And interestingly enough, that can lead to dryness in the vaginal canal and dryness in the vaginal tissue. So vaginal moisturizers are, it's kind of like when your hands are dry and you put on lotion um, or your legs or any other part of your body. It's, it's still skin. It's still tissue, just um, a different kind. And it has more sensitive needs. That tissue has um, very unique needs. And so getting it right is really important. And using clean ingredients, as you just touched on, is really important. So um, it's, it's a really useful thing. One thing that I always um, tell patients to do when they have that is, um, you know, suspension droppers, um, kind of like you use for baby medicine or for your eyes. Yep, exactly. You can use that. You can squeeze it and load it up with a vaginal moisturizer and then use it to propel the vaginal moisturizer or a lubricant even up and into the greater depths of the vaginal canal, which can be really helpful for people that are experiencing, you know, pain during sex due to dryness of the vaginal canal. So that's one way to kind of get it evenly distributed all the, all the way through the canal. Yeah. And also to massage, massage it in. Yes. Exactly. That's great. This is really awesome. Um, yeah, so thank you for explaining a, more about vaginal um, uh, moisturizers. So, so so, we have three minutes to break. I'm, I'm just wanting to ask, you mentioned like anal dilators. How would uh, anal dilators be different from uh, vaginal dilators? Because, you know, they're essentially cylindri cylindrical and they can actually be used for both. I'm, I'm just curious about that. Absolutely. And certainly the vaginal dilators can. Um, our rectal dilators are going to feature an hourglass shape. So almost like... Um, like a spade that you might use in the garden. And that is gonna be helpful for people so that the anal sphincter itself gets the opportunity to stretch, but it doesn't get overly stretched. So they can always um, work in a more graded fashion um, to be able to stretch that tissue. So it's gonna feature a little bit of a different shape. However, the vaginal dilators have the stopper on the end so they can absolutely be used in that way. And people currently have. Um, we just wanted to innovate and make things a little bit easier for um, cancer patients that are needing to provide the stretch but not overly stretch the tissue. Got it. Yeah, I do work with cancer patients. Uh, and of course, there are different kinds of cancer, including breast cancer, prostate cancer. And also, I think the most tricky one is cervical cancer because uh, if they've had uh, treatments in that area, like you said, you know, that can be scary, there's atrophy, and uh, there's tremendous pain when they use uh, dilators, which they do need to use. Um, and uh, so I'm glad that you have all these different devices for um, education. And um, so that's great. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, we try to help support people. And I think education makes them feel less alone um, because if it's out there, they know other people are going through this and there's a means to it, uh, the end of it. You know, there's a way to help it. Um, yeah, so we have, uh, we're going to go to break. And uh, after this, we'll uh, have a look at uh, the products that Intimate Rose uh, offers. So do check out their website uh, if you're exci as excited as I am about uh, their products. That's IntimateRose.com. Om Times TV. Imagine becoming a super influencer. 
Reinvent yourself, invest in your brand, and then manifest your success with a robust, spheric approach. Ohm Times Media and Broadcasting offers a unique and multifaceted way to become the spiritual and conscious influencer you deserve to be by putting your message across our powerful platform with its proven record of integrity and excellence. Through our produced shows, Ohm Times offers the opportunity to become a social media TV personality, a radio show host, an Ohm Times Magazine columnist, and a syndicated podcaster, all in one shot. By live streaming your show on Ohm Times TV and broadcasting it across the extensive Ohm Times radio and TV networks, you become more than a host. You become an ambassador and a force for positive change. Ohm Times, open yourself to the possibilities. If I could be you, you could be me for just one hour. If we could find a way to get inside each other's minds. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. Well, before you abuse, criticize and accuse. Walk a mile in my shoes. And we're back. Uh, today we're talking about healthy health solutions for sensitive health issues and there's this whole gamut of uh, dif difficulties that people have around their pelvic floor which is the sling at the base of our body and uh, this includes the bowel and bladder issues and of course there's an intersection with how this connects with our uh, sexuality and um, uh, people with going through cancer treatments they will experience dryness pain atrophy and so it's really important to get informed about the kind of devices that you can use uh, around that so i've just spent um, the last half an hour uh, interviewing um, uh, maybe interrog interrogating uh, Dr. Amanda Olson uh, from the Intimate Rose about all the different products that she has. So I'm so excited about it that I really wanted to give her um, this opportunity to show us the products. So for those of you who are just listening to the audio, I would love for you to uh, go to YouTube and the On Times Radio Network, uh, sorry, On Times sometimes media and uh, also you can consider going to my uh, YouTube channel that's uh, um, that's DR Matali uh, Eros Coaching and actually search to see these products that we're going to be showing uh, but anyway I'll ask Amanda to also describe how they look so um, maybe you can start off by the with the uh, pelvic wands because I, I, I know you mentioned you have different colors. Um, so one uh, doesn't vibrate, one vibrates and one has temperature. And then you mentioned the blue one that's going to come, which is uh, for men. Uh, so can you uh, show us, are they different in sizes? They're not different in sizes. No. So they are all the same size. So I created them to be able to address pelvic pain in the deep and superficial pelvic floor muscles. Um, so the purple one is the original wand and either end can go in the rectum or the vagina to be able to do myofascial release or massage of the deep or 
closer to the surface, pelvic floor muscles. So it's a really helpful tool, just the same way as we stretch our the rest of our body, that area needs to be both strong and flexible. So the wand is used to be able to do that for people on their own. So purple is the original, it was our very first one and we, we have patented this wand and we're so proud of it. And then turquoise vibrates. Um, so there's a, it just um, plugs into a charger very similar to Apple Watch. I don't know if you all make use of those, um, but there's no batteries inside it. So it just uses a magnet to charge. There's 10 free use of vibration. And um, that allows people to find a, a frequency that's very soothing to them and it can be really helpful with tight muscles to relax it it introduces good blood flow so that's the turquoise one and then the yellow wand is temperature therapy um, so it can cold, carry cold or warm temperature so it can be placed in the freezer and it will be cold for people who um, maybe have chronic inflammatory diseases or um, if their muscles are really tight and they feel like an uh, ice pack feels like a good idea then this wand can be very cold when they do that it can also be run under hot water, so it will retain that warm heat for people that prefer warmth to help resolve any tenderness or pain in the pelvic floor muscles themselves. So that's our yellow wand. And then the blue wand will come out and it will also be vibrating, but it's just to give a more um, gender neutral or masculine color in case there are men that are wanting to use it that don't care for our purple or our turquoise. Okay, so it's just a color preference. Yeah, exactly. Okay, uh, so I'm, I'm looking at the devices, the uh, pelvic wands, and just to describe for people who are just listening to the audio, is that it looks a little bit, it's an S-shape, it's an S-shape, and uh, it looks a little bit like a snake, and uh, the tip is a little bit uh, fatter than the tail, am I right? Yep, yep, you got it. So that provides okay. two different means of providing the trigger point release. Yeah, another thing that I can you know, as, as somebody who is a sexologist uh, who is into uh, Tantra and all these things uh, from the Far East, uh, is that uh, I can see this uh, pelvic wand, uh, you know, uh, if, my, if I may say, uh, being used to uh, explore the AFE spot, which is the spot that is right next to the cervix, and also experimenting with like massaging your cervix to see if you can learn to relax your internal um, 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 cervix so that you can experience more pleasure around it. I've always been really uh, intrigued in getting something really long and really thin to go all the way into my cervix and massaging it. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> and the long end will reach. Yeah. Yeah. And the long end can absolutely reach. Yes, because it, it, it feels like our hands are not long enough that we can go all the way into our genitals and to really explore our own body, all the different points. Um, because it, it's your body to enjoy. So you don't just have to um, think of these devices for the purpose of um, sexual pain or rehabilitation, but more for the purpose of pleasure and exploration and play as well. So I really like it. Um, yeah. Okay, so we talked about the uh, pelvic wands. Maybe you can uh, show the dilators. Yes, absolutely. So there are eight. These are the smallest for here i loaded this one onto the handle so i wanted to be able to demonstrate the handle in case people need extra uh, reach but these are um oh i duplicated with the blue there 
These are the smallest four. So you can see they're very bright and cheery. The smallest one is the size of my pinky and they just gradually get larger. And then these are the larger ones. So um, it just provides a lot of different opportunity for people to be able to provide that yes. gentle stretch. Yes. And for people who are experiencing uh, dyspareunia, which is uh, pain uh, and also vaginismus, they may look scary, but just think of it because I'm very familiar with uh, silicon, uh, medical grade silicon. They're actually super soft and you put on lubricant, it's just going to just glide. Because what has traditionally happened uh, with some dilators is that it's made of uh, literally like uh, plastic, plastic. And uh, so it really feels uh, like so, so hard as opposed to these. So maybe you look at the size, you can get intimidated, but they're actually super soft. I yes. feel like I'm doing like an advertisement for you. <laughs> You're so kind. Yes, Aww, and all I, of those things are things I'm proud of. So I'm so thankful. Oh, I, I, I love what you're doing. And uh, so I, I like what you said that you are actually coming out with even a smaller um, uh, sizes for uh, people who need it. Because I do have uh, clients who have vaginismus. Uh, they get so intimidated with the just the usual four standard sizes of dilators. So just to explain a little bit, uh, vaginismus is a condition that happens when the vagina shuts down, making penetration of any kind uh, difficult or even impossible. So it is very much linked to the fear of uh, pain and very much linked to, uh, in my opinion, the fear of the unknown. Uh, it, is, um, it is very much a psychological fear, but using devices like these can support you to uh, take control over your, uh, um, your sexuality and becoming uh, progressively more connected with your body. Yeah. Okay, we talked about dilators. Let, let's uh, sh uh, show the Kegel weights. These are oh, wow. them. Aren't they pretty? So yeah, pretty. They, they all look the same size, but yes. I'm sure the weight is different. You got it. Absolutely. They are the same size. Um, so it starts with white. And as the color pink gets darker, the weight gets heavier. So they are indeed the same size, but the amount of weight inside varies based on the color. So as people get stronger, they can move up to the next weight. So these are for people looking to strengthen their pelvic floor muscles or build better endurance. Um, and it, it they were originally created to be these strange looking medical metal devices in the 1980s, um, but they were originally invented to help provide awareness to the person as to where the pelvic floor muscles were so that they could better control and coordinate them. So it's not just about building strength in the way that people think about doing push-ups or things like that. It's about building awareness and building tone and building strength and endurance. So these can be used in a couple of different ways. They can be placed in the vaginal opening and the pelvic floor muscles support the weight inside. And they could do 10 to 15 minutes of light activity. The best thing to do is just to take a shower. So in the shower, we, we move our body in a variety of different ways. We're reaching up to wash our hair. We're bending over to wash our feet. Um, so all of those body movements provides a different type of challenge to the pelvic floor to keep it in. So we're getting some mobility with that um, and then encouraging the pelvic floor muscles to engage. And then at the end of 10 to 15 minutes, you just take it out and wash it, pat it dry, and you're done for the day. You could also do it with active full range kegels or pelvic floor muscle 
uh, activations um, for a three to five second hold with a breathing pattern and then do 10 to 12 repetitions three to four times a day. So there's different types of ways of using it, um, but they're really soft and smooth and they're also quite pretty and cheerful too. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah. So uh, to the audio listeners, it, it looks a little bit like a... Like a tampon, but pretty. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, it looks like a tampon and uh, it has a tail. And so don't worry that uh, the weight will get stuck uh, in the vagina. Um, it is meant for people with vaginas. It's not meant yeah. for people with anuses, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, so... So a lot of people always talk about wanting their pelvic floor muscles to be strong, right? That's why they want to use these weights. So uh, coming from someone with your expertise uh, with the pelvic floor, uh, do you think it's necessary like for, you know, like all of us should have really strong pelvic floor muscles so that we can have really good sex? <laughs> Maybe you can explain to that. I think it's always possible to have good sex with a wide variety of pelvic floor function. You know, there are people with very weak pelvic floor muscles that are having amazing, very fulfilling sex lives. Um, so when we talk about the like use of the vaginal weights or strength, um, it's pertinent for people that are having symptoms. And those symptoms might may include urinary incontinence or pelvic organ prolapse that are getting in the way of activities of daily living. So getting in the way of their ability to, you know, cough or sneeze or laugh without losing urine, or if they are having such low tone that they are having trouble experiencing sex. Sorry, my allergies are kicking in and I've got the coughs. Um, so strength isn't necessarily important um, when, when the goal is sex, but for some people, it can be a means of improving it. It's okay. It's okay. You can cough. Are you okay? Yeah. I've I had that. I've had my allergies, and so my asthma just kicks in, and it's been a little bit rough the last couple of days because it's spring here, so all of our flowers are blooming. So my asthma just gets bad, especially when I've been talking. Oh, it's okay. Take it easy. Oh, you're such a sweetheart. <laughs> All right, I think I'm better. <laughs> okay, so um, just to summarize, uh, it's what you're saying is that it's really important to um, to not make this fixation <coughs> about strong pelvic floor muscles a big thing that all of us can have great sex. I love that point. And uh, for those people who really want to have a strong pelvic floor, this is when these devices like these can support. And also the proper use of these devices. It's not just like having something and then not 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 knowing how, how to use it. So this is where their website has all these instructional videos. So uh, it, it will support you with the learning. It's actually not as intimidating as it sounds. Um, because the videos will actually go a long way in supporting you, like how to use it and use it properly. I think the, the key word is to use it properly so that you can have the optimum um, benefits and effects. Absolutely. So is there, is there anything else that uh, uh, we have not shown? 
we didn't quite talk about the handles. So the handle for the dilators yeah. is helpful for people that need extra help reaching um, or maybe with body positioning or maybe their hands are, they have pain in their joints and their hands. So the, the handle is really helpful. Um, and we do make supplements as well um, that help with overall um, health as it pertains to pelvic health sexual health. Um, those include probiotics to help with digestive health. Um, we make an aloe supplement to help people that have chronic inflammatory diseases, especially interstitial cystitis. Um, and then, as I mentioned, the new products that are up and coming. Mm, yeah. I saw you have cranberry as well, right? What's that one? Cranberry. Cranberry extract, yes, and that's included with the probiotic. Um, and cranberry extract helps to prevent uh, bacteria from sticking in the bladder. For, so for people that have chronic urinary tract infections or UTIs um, or bladder pain, um, but not, not with the chronic inflammatory diseases of bladder pain, but people that just have the chronic UTIs, um, that can be really helpful for them, and, and as well as the D-mannose to help the bacteria from sticking. Mm. Yeah, I I love uh, I love everything that you guys are doing, and uh, I think I mentioned it a few times now. Um, so so this is intimate rose, yeah. Um, is there any? Uh, yes, I wanted to ask about um, you know, with people with vaginismus, uh, if you could uh, speak to it, um, maybe just some quick tips about how to start using dilators, like for listeners out there. Yeah, absolutely. And so approaching vaginismus from a holistic standpoint, so seeing a sex therapist like yourself, and then also seeing a pelvic health physio to help determine the underlying drivers and to help, you know, reach your individual goals. So when using the dilators, it's helpful to gain an understanding as to what you're currently able to tolerate. And, you know, for some, for some people, that's going to be nothing, you know, they're not currently able to, to have a Q-tip or anything inserted into the vaginal canal. Um, and so for them, usually it starts with exercises more and, um, and so they're learning how to drop and relax and control the muscles better. And then once you're able to tolerate roughly a pinky size, um, then you can start using the smallest dilator. Um, one of the ways that I recommend people, I know that people at home can't see this, but I'm going to describe it. So to progress from one dilator to the next, um, you're working on your breathing, you're working on learning how to control it and be in touch with your pelvic floor muscles. And then I like to recommend the clock technique. So the clock technique is when you use about a tablespoon or so of lubricant on the dilator and on yourself so that you have plenty of good lubrication on board. And then you're working on your breathing pattern. So you're breathing in through your abdomen and in through your rib cage, and you can insert the dilator at first at just a quarter of an inch, and then you can work on breathing and being able to insert the whole thing. That may be a couple weeks practice time to get there and that's okay you know there's no rush i mean i know that there's a rush because people want to be better and able to have sex now um but it's important to give yourself grace and recognize that one day may be just getting used to having something at the base of the vaginal canal and that 
maybe a 15 minute training protocol or training session. And then you're just working on slowly being able to tolerate it into the vagina. We never want to force it or push it because what that can do is make your body want to protect you and guard even more. Um, so that's really helpful. It's really helpful to um, just be making your goals and checking in with yourself and getting to the point where you can insert it all the way. And then the clock technique is where you visualize that the vaginal opening is a clock where the top part is 12 o'clock and the bottom part is six o'clock. And you're gently just pressing the base of the dilator down into the tissue for about 30 seconds to a minute and then rotating over to seven o'clock and 30 seconds to a minute there. And then you're rotating all the way through. So you're just getting all of that area of the body used to feeling something in a non-forceful way. It's always gentle pressure. And slowly but surely, that tissue is gonna be more pliable and the muscles are gonna be used to having that kind of pressure. And then you can do the same thing starting with the next dilator. So that's one way of introducing dilators from the very beginning and then working through. For some people, they're going to start ready, able to tolerate a, a finger maybe, but they can't necessarily tolerate their partner. So they may start further down. They may not be starting with dilator one. They may be starting with dilator two or three. Um, so everyone starts at a different place, but you get to your goal eventually. Mm. So when I work with clients with vaginismus, I always talk about the importance of arousal and not just about relaxation. Um, um, do you have any experience to that? Yeah, from a clinical perspective, um, sometimes it depends on if there's a history of trauma or abuse or what their individual goals are. So certainly when arousal is in place, we get great blood flow and it does naturally relax the pelvic floor muscles more. So it can be a really wonderful state to be in um, for most people. There is a subset of people that do have a history of trauma or abuse, and they need to be working on it in a more sedentary place um, just for their own emotional health. And usually from that standpoint, from pelvic physical therapy standpoint, we're working with a counselor, working with a sex therapist like yourself, um, and getting them ready emotionally and physically and spiritually to be able to take the next step. So for some, that feeling of arousal can be um, sometimes just too much initially, but it comes about at later stages because it is such an important part of that sexual response. And we want the dilator training and practice to carry over. And so certainly we want to be replicating the conditions under which they're going to be engaging in intercourse. Thank you very much uh, for speaking to that. It's, uh, it's important to realize that we need different uh, strategies and approaches for different people. So, so we're almost coming to the end of the show. I just have this question around coconut oil because um, this was uh, on the ASAC listserv, uh, which is which is uh, the organization that I'm a member of, the American Association of Sexuality Educators, Counselors, and Therapies. So in, in that, I have a call coming in from India. My God. Um, so... So what, hap what's, what happens uh, with them is they were actually discussing the use of coconut oil because it's uh, even though it's natural and we are all about natural in Asia, um, and I do have clients who love uh, coconut oil for the whole body from the head to toe, which is fine. But when it comes for um, internally, um, there's this whole talk around how coconut oil uh, can kill the, you know, because of its antibacterial properties, it can kill 
um, the very delicate um, bacteria in the vagina that is needed. And so then I've also heard of people saying it depends on the person. So I really wanted to hear what, what your thoughts are on this. Yeah, from a clinical perspective, it really does come down to the individual person. Um, if they are more prone to infection, probably best to go with um, a water-based lubricant or something else that they've identified. Um, but if they don't, um, a lot of them do very well with it. So it is kind of unique. I like in lubricants and oils because, you know, there are it's coconut oil and almond oil and the different types to almost similar to shampoo, where we all have different types of hair and we all produce oil differently. And we all have different likes in terms of how our hair feels after we use the shampoo. And so so likewise with the lubricant, we all have a different type of slip that we like to feel from a personal standpoint and a sexual standpoint. And then we also have different pH levels and um, different types of tissue and different uh, medical histories. And all of that plays into how we respond to that lubricant. So that's a very long winded way of saying it does come down to the unique person, I would say probably if they have a history of bacterial vaginosis or um, infections that um, it may be best to go with uh, a product that doesn't contain coconut oil. And then for some that just don't have those uh, issues that they probably can get away with it. Yeah, I definitely am the category of super sensitive. Yeah, every single time. Okay, now this is a bit of TMI. Uh, every single time I've had a new sexual partner, uh, it doesn't even have to be penetrating sex. It can just be oral sex. I will come down with something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's not it's not an STI, but it will be a bacterial infection. It will be BV that you talked about. Uh, it might be yeast infection. So every single time I've had a new partner, I've had to go to the doctor. So, so the last time I tried coconut oil on myself because I heard it's good and I started teaching it and uh, practitioners like sexological body workers are using it. So I used it on myself, thinking that coconut can help me with my uh, bacterial um, infection in my vagina. Uh, the, the coconut oil just stayed inside for weeks. I could smell the coconut oil and then it actually made everything worse. So like you said, it's a person-by-person kind of experience. Um, so I definitely shouldn't be uh, connecting my personal experience onto other people. So I really appreciate uh, hearing like different uh, practitioners uh, uh, sharing that information with me. Absolutely. So we're almost, almost to the end of the show. Is there any uh, last words that you have? Just, yeah, I would just say if there's anyone struggling with um, any issues with penetration or with sex, I would say to, you know, Give yourself grace and then to connect yourself with different types of providers and get a team in place to help you reach your goals because it is something that you can overcome. Um, it does take time, but it is it is well worth it to just be showing up for yourself and um, trying all the different avenues. There's a lot of different ways to wrap a present and there's a lot of different ways to go about being able to have pain-free intercourse or pleasurable intercourse. So um, it's it's important to find somebody provider-wise that you connect with, um, that you feel heard and and that's listening to you and that you know that you can trust to help you reach your goals. Mm, I love it. Um, Don't literally like don't sit on it because um, doing nothing is not going to make the issue go away. So taking small steps to reclaiming your body to make yourself feel better uh, is, is, is the start of becoming more connected with your sexuality and having um, the life that you envision for yourself. 
Exactly. So uh, any sex advice uh, for our listeners out there? I would say warm up, you know, from a physical therapy standpoint, um, you know, just like any other muscles uh, in your body. And it does take some time to get your body ready to engage in this very physical act. It's a physical and emotional and spiritual act. So um, allowing yourself to take your time. A lot of people uh, with vaginas require 30 to 45 minutes sometimes in order for the full arousal cycle to be in place um, and to reach that that place where our penetration is going to be um, not just physically comfortable, but also going to be um, pleasurable. So think of it like a warm up where you can do all kinds of different things that aren't necessarily just penetration, um, just to get your body warmed up and ready to go. I love it. So with that, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Amanda. Um, Olson and from Intimate Rose. So be sure to check out their website. That's intimaterose.com. Uh, I'll, sh- I'll be sure to uh, share it, share this episode far and wide. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure.